welcome to Back to Basics, Babies, Bodies and Behavior with Ulrika Kasselbrandt and Mel Cyril. And today we are going to publish uh, our part two of the postpartum uh, episode. Uh, and it will be both me and Mel speaking at this episode. I'm just doing the introduction here. Um, and um, as you have noticed, regular listeners have noticed, is that uh, our episode has had a bit of a pause, but it's because of me being in postpartum and now with my six months old Vera and also we had some illnesses in the families um, so our episodes are going to come out a bit more sporadic uh, in the coming months. We have another episode recorded and I'm keeping my fingers crossed that I will be able to edit it as, as soon as possible and that episode will be about Mel Cyril's latest book Clinging Young. Okay. With Isaac, I knew, you know, he was going to be my last baby. And I <laughs> I had all the plans. <laughs> I was like, I'm doing this absolutely exactly how I want it and how I need it this time. Um, you know, this is going to be the ultimate experience and so forth. <laughs> um, but, of course, the reality is that we have the same... Um, Thing with your partner here as well um, you get the you know 10 working days off work and you know once that <clears throat> excuse me so yeah and once those two weeks are up um, it's kind of it's kind of when when you're just really really starting to really need that support even more so, I think, um, and it can really hit you, no matter how many babies you have had. So, you know, I knew that I would have these two weeks, and then, you know, I'd have four children, <laughs> four children to look after. Um, and the rest side of things mm, wasn't really going to look as perfect as I wanted it to be. So we had budgeted through the pregnancy, um, for me to have a postpartum doula but that was only for um I think three hours a week for um I think the first three or four months I think it went on for you know I was very kind of open-ended you know we'll see how long I need it for kind of thing um I think it was once a week um so and that was lovely. And I wish that I was the type of person who who could just sit back and say, yes, yes, please do my washing up and, you know, things like that to help me rest. But for me, for me, the, the value in having the postpartum doula was um, to for them to, you know, put, put Isaac in the sling um, and play with my kids so that I could do the washing up or do this, that and the other because I felt so <sighs> not useless, that's a really bad word, but um I don't know. I just I felt less competent, I suppose. I don't know. I felt what I needed at that time was to feel like 
I had things together, if that makes sense. Um, which wasn't, I suppose, great for resting and stuff, but it was good for my mental health, you know? So I think that was good in that respect. But looking back, I, you know, I wish that I could have really, you know, had a really good six weeks of rest and stuff. But, um, oh yeah, you've gone glitchy. You're back now. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I had placed a lot of value in the yeah, it's a bit bad with you as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think so from... I mean, the last two were completely undisturbed births as well. And, you know, no matter how amazing a birth you have... I mean, I, I get an itch to get out after the birth. Like, you know, I, I don't like being confined. <laughs> But um, each time, you know, I, I would take a, a short trip out a few days postpartum just to get out of the house and that. And it feels so good at the time. And then I get back home and, oh, the exhaustion and the aching of the body and, you know, an increase in bleeding and stuff. And it really shows you the need to rest. No matter, you know, how much I didn't want to at certain times. <laughs> yeah. But yes, no, I am, I am a great believer in, you know, having a period of rest and support. Support, that is such a crucial thing in my mind for so many reasons. Physical, mental, emotional, everything. So we're just going to close this episode by answering a few listener questions um, that have been sent in to us about this this topic so first up we are going to answer what sort of help you can get postpartum and in the UK we have postpartum doulas which it depends on where you are in the country as to how well known they are. Um, so in some areas they're quite popular and others people may not have even heard of a doula at all. Um, and obviously, you know, friends and family. Um, how about in Sweden? I think it's the same. Uh, doulas have up until now not been that common but it's starting to getting really common and, and postpartum doulas you could always ask your doula if you can get those kind of um, services as well I know that there are some that have doulas in Sweden that has worked yeah. as postpartum doulas but um, I think it's going to become more popular if it's more known I really wish that I had hired a postpartum doula um, I think that would have been really beneficial for me uh, but yeah so I really I would recommend it. And you can and you can also like during the postpartum period if you find out like no I can't handle this and or it's too much for my my partner or whatever then you can also you can hire a doula 
or a postpartum doula then you don't have to okay. you don't have to prepare before the birth for it if you realize you need it you could also see if you can find one which i also could have done but i just i didn't i didn't think <laughs> i didn't think of it also because i think in stockholm it's not that many postpartum doulas but then i just saw the other day in a group that someone was asking for it like we need it now for someone who already given birth and i was like oh yeah of course i could have done that why did i do that well yeah so that's that can be great support definitely um and also to get help from from friends and um and this meal train thing i think it's really really good and there's also this on on the net if you search for like meal trains you will get up and you can like sign up and and um, have a schedule that people can sign up to and um, and also in that you can also explain that it would be really beneficial for us and Mm. And I think that, that is we would love to have you over idea. some other day. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's is a fantastic idea. And um, when you had said previously in the episode about how you know friends brought food over and stuff, it reminded me that um, I think I think it might have been the day after I gave birth. Um, I had a birth doula for my last baby as well, and she dropped off i i think it might have been a soup or something i don't remember what food it was but she literally just stuck food on 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 our doorstep and sent me a message saying that there was food um down there and it was oh the overwhelming feeling of love just like yeah. oh my goodness you you did that for me and oh yeah just being being looked after and fed is just an amazing thing and um <laughs> i i lived on um porridge and dal for the for the first three months i think mm. <laughs> just like these warm nourishing foods are oh, bringing back good memories there yes yes and i think <sighs> it's, it's can be so easy to do it but i hadn't thought about it before because we don't mm. have that tr- um, tradition in sweden but i really yes. think we should change that we need to have that transition yes and it can be really Sweden, hard I, to ask for help as well, can't it? Even yeah. if people are willing, it's just like, oh, but, but oh, you know, it's, yeah, it can be a bit difficult. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm. And also that like you don't have to receive, you don't have to invite people in and fix no, coffee yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that for them. They can yeah. just leave stuff at the door. I think that's mm. like, and, exactly. and then if you have the... Like one of one of my friends that came by, I really wanted to talk to her about my birth experience, mm. and then I really wanted her to stay, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. And she was really uh, giving me. I was really feeling more energy with having her over. So then, of course, it's it was it was yeah. it was good. Yes. So another Kay. question we have mm-hmm. is, um, what are our thoughts on tummy time? <laughs> yes. Yeah, and like and the the question also included because I asked on Instagram on my mm. Instagram account for questions, and the question included also like because mm. since so many kids don't like it, they don't want to stay mm. on the floor mm. on the mat. Um, so our ideas on on that. Yeah. Well, do you want to do you want to explain? Um, because I I don't know if if we have different advice given to us in the UK and Sweden about when to start tummy time because for me 
this is where my my issues come from when we're told to start tummy time. So I'll go into mm. that in a minute. But if if you want to tell us what the what the advice yeah. is in Sweden, and we'll go. From I don't. There. I don't. I don't. I don't really know when they want us to start. But at like the first uh, one month checkup, mm. the doctor would ask me just right when we kind of came into the room, like she's laying on her tummy, right? You know, she was <laughs> expecting me to do it. Right. And I was like and I was like, Oh gosh, can't she just check if she's strong enough first yeah. <laughs> before yeah. she asked it, you know? Yeah. And then she was strong enough and I because I was like, because I told her then, yeah, she lays on my on my tummy, you know, because mm. I my my point of view is that it's even a more dynamic environment yes. for them and more natural environment for the baby to lay on you when you're either flat on your back or if you're like reclined position mm. and that is very it's a great tummy time for them as I see it um, because they get the opportunity to lift their head a lot and they get really motivated because they can look at you and you are yeah. the <laughs> the primary like thing they want to see yeah. so your face and the doctor was like but yeah but you really have to make sure that she lays on a hard surface like the floor wow. and should be on a mat and I was what, like what I was her put reasoning? my baby mm. no I, I don't I, I should have asked like but yeah. I, I was just thinking like oh that's just silly you know I was yeah. just like yeah yeah sure you know but she she had become strong enough for just laying yeah. on my on my body and also yeah. I was carrying her a lot in arms and mm. shoulder hug but she's an active uh carry so she was like really she was early she was strong yeah okay so yeah Um, my thoughts on it like mm -hmm. uh that are really really stemming when we're told to do it it's literally we're told you know from from you know a few days old or whatever once the i presume once the the cord stump has come away or you know the placenta's detached if you're doing a lotus birth Mm -hmm. um you know as as soon as possible basically and it baffles me. It really, really baffles me because I don't think it's a bad thing, you know, per se. But the when we start it is is the thing up for debate here. I think because, as you say, you know, our bodies. Yes, absolutely. We can. It's it's their first environment, and it is where I believe it should naturally begin. Um, and where we can very, very, very much see and feel, which is so important, we can feel the way the baby's body is responding to different angles um, and mm-hmm. stuff. And you know, I think, yeah, I think that you've you've got it, you know, down to a T there. That you know, on on body, I believe you're right. That that is that's where it is is meant to begin and you know once they have the strength you know to support themselves sure you know on the floor and whatever mm-hmm. different environments but there is always this push to try and make babies do things before they're ready to <laughs> it's like oh but if, if they don't do this tummy time from when they're tiny then they won't have the strength to be able to hold themselves up for longer periods when you know they yeah. move in different ways, and the strength comes from varying your position. <laughs> yeah, and for me, I just for me, I just see it as like the 
the advice for tummy time on a flat surface on the floor, like it should be a mat or something, not straight on the floor, is also, also mm. from, from like the babies that lays flat on their back for many, many hours during the yeah. day. Like all all day maybe in like yeah. a, um, um, what do you call Moses basket or a, and and then in a stroller and then they sit in the car seat and uh, and they don't get mm. much on body time and then during the night they sleep on the black yeah. back as well so I think it's 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 from that I I can't imagine anything else because of course like um, most people like say thirty thousand years ago whatever ten thousand years ago they wouldn't never put the baby on the floor or the, mm. the ground just flat when it's like two days old they wouldn't yeah. do that to practice their neck like i mean i can't it just it seems silly so i guess mm. it's from depending on like what what does the baby get uh, i can't speak here it <laughs> depends on like if the baby only stays on its back all day long of course maybe then it's you just talk about flat surfaces because that's like the baby's not on mm. bodies. I guess I think yeah. I'm thinking the advice is from there. But like now she's three months old. It feels very natural to have her on, on a mattress. Yeah. Tummy time, like because he can like look at her brothers and stuff like mm. that. It feels it doesn't feel strange now that she doesn't have to be on body all yeah. the time. That's not that's my point of view. Mm. Um, should we answer one more? Yeah. Um, just trying to think. Tandem breastfeeding, maybe. Or yeah, I don't have any experience on my own. Yeah, tandem breastfeeding. I'm thinking just like. Um. Do Do you uh, know what what the actual feel, question was like, surrounding that? The, the question or the note was like. Uh, that this woman had gotten a lot of comments. She was now pregnant, and she and she has a two and a half year old or a two year old. Right. And people were telling her that you really need to stop breastfeeding now, otherwise your older baby will get jealous oh, that's when sad. the other baby come. So I th- I don't think the question was like from other people. And okay. She was I guess feeling insecure about it, but I'm just okay. thinking if it well, works can... breastfeeding for you, both of them of course just continue, mm. and you don't have to stop breastfeeding the older baby if the older baby still wants to breastfeed and mm. even though you have a younger one yeah so well i've um I fed through two pregnancies and mm-hmm. tandem fed, and I don't know what feeding three is called, <laughs> but three at once as well um and from obviously this is literally just my personal experience but my experience is jealousy happens (laughs) whatever anyway if they're gonna be jealous Mm -hmm. they will be jealous but um i found that feeding really helped with bonding with them and like my my first picture that i have after xander was born that's my third child the first picture I have of him is of him feeding on the left side and Logan on the right hand side. He was mm. 22 months at the time and Logan is stroking him. <laughs> this is like mm. literally right after the birth feeding and they're bonding straight away. Oh my goodness. It was just, you know, it, it 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 wasn't like a planned thing. It was just yeah, get into bed, feed. He wants to feed as well. But looking back at the picture, it's like wow, 
that's like the start of their relationship started at the breast it's pretty amazing and um yeah it can it can be mm, it can be um tiring obviously feeding two babies or two children or whatever at once but tandem feeding oh and tandem feeding isn't necessarily feeding them both at the same time so um it can mean more feeding sometimes sometimes they may feed together but in terms of the the jealousy thing i found that there was there was still some jealousy anyway but the breast was kind of a a magic fix all anyway and Mm -hmm. i guess it's it's yeah with all of them you know when they're when they were feeding together there was interaction between them um but also it 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 gives they still have that security of breastfeeding if they feed through the pregnancy they've still got that that special thing with you you know Mm -hmm. and if if they don't feed all the way through you know they find other things to have with you as well but Mm. if they do have that why why take it away if if it's the opinion of other people really yeah i guess is my view on that yeah yeah and and i have older kids now that are mm. seven and nine that just <clears throat> there were six and eight when she was born here three months ago but i think the important stuff for us has been a continued reading Mm. that I read to them and it's it's similar to breastfeeding in the way that you sit close yeah and also not in the same position as breastfeeding but kind of similar because you're close and you're doing something together mm. so that's it's been um, really beneficial for us to still have that because now when they're seven and nine they do so much other stuff through so much playing yeah. together and playing Lego and they're not, I don't have to be with them all the time or they don't want me to be with them all the time because yeah. the reading part has been really beneficial to do. So t- siblings and, and um, jealousy, you can find different things that works, that you have been doing and that you can t- be continue doing. Yeah. It doesn't change even though do you have, you have the baby. Mm. Uh, but there's another question I really think we should bring up as well is uh, how much can you carry your baby and also siblings postpartum mm. um, and I think it's really important uh, and I think it can be a bit difficult because it can be a bit, a bit difficult to um, estimate your strength and it can be um, and your like it's easy to feel like oh no I don't have to rest and then you do so much and then like bam you start bleeding a lot more and you yes. are get so mm. tired and exhausted so like really take it careful I would say mm. and and if you carry in arms the small baby you can really you worry you wear you carry a lot more so it's not as hard on your pelvis uh, as it is if you carry like statically in a sling the same yes. position for for many hours and I'm thinking my spontaneous recommendation would be to wait to tandem carry mm. until you you heal and really really uh, don't be too fast with that because it that you can really get back to you if you are too early with tandem tandem carrying because you might not feel mm. that you're hurting stuff or really like is very because it's really heavy on your pelvic floor. Mm. to carry a sibling even though you have been carrying during the pregnancy it's not the same thing when you have given birth um, 
so yeah i i have a bit of a comment about this as well because yeah. <laughs> it's really funny um i i have a i have a quote in um rosie knoll's book about tandem wearing which you know um was quite funny to me um and i used to say it a lot but my opinions have changed since then so after after xander was born i i tandem more literally i just i didn't need a buggy just tandem more my mm-hmm. my baby and toddler and the first time my father-in-law saw me doing this he oh my goodness he, <laughs> he flipped his lid he's going what do you think you're doing why 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 are you doing that you you know you've just had a baby and i said mm. i've it, i've been doing this all through my pregnancy you know my bump has moved from here up to here it's the same mm. thing and you know i thought you know it's been smart you know there um giving him this answer but over time i've realized oh my goodness what was i thinking he was right um and as we when when we had a little bit of a chat earlier i said about um how with with each pregnancy i've had a little bit of diastasis recti um mm-hmm. after each one and after xander that was the the first time that it it didn't heal on its own whereas before you know it i didn't even have to do anything they just healed naturally afterwards and i ca- i can't um you know i can't say that this is the cause but my feeling is that um the tandem wearing probably had something to do with that you know mm-hmm. this excessive load on my body you know and with with the knowledge that i have now about how i have hypermobile hips i didn't know this back then um and an interesting thing that i've learned since about hypermobility is that you you don't realize when you're overextending because you don't have the same warning systems in place that yeah. non-hypermobile joints have so you know, I, and I just think about the the loads on my pelvic floor, the intra-abdominal pressure, all of this. And yeah, I'm not saying that tandem wearing is a bad thing, but I think it's something that we maybe need to learn a little bit more about and um, seek seek advice on from, you know, our medical yeah, professionals a lot and of, stuff yeah a lot of healing is is done on your pelvic floor as i understood talking to an osteopath the first eight weeks mm. so mm. after the first eight weeks you were much more stable yeah. than the than the first period so mm. and i was doing yeah i was doing this like <laughs> from from the get-go and this was before i'd learned to drive so i was walking everywhere as well mm. so yeah mm. really really interesting mm.